Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Mantalk.ke. Another week and another conversation that we're glad you're going to be part of. As you can see, we're back in our normal spot. And this is a very new Kofisi, which I'm really, really excited to share with you guys. We're actually going to be posting some BTS shots and some little B-roll uh, on our Instagram pages. So if you want to see this new location, it's at the square on Riverside Drive. It's got a lovely like bar area. It's got a nice outdoor working space. So we're going to put the link below. And if you need to use it for yourself, if you work on your own or if you have a company, and we want to get a office here, then all the information will be down below. Uh, today's a very, very exciting episode. We've got another guest on here uh, and this one can be very exciting. Oh, do you want to let them know what's going on? As usual, um, go. We, go, we do our very best to there find we. the very best. Tell them. Um, <laughs> on my right side is the fantastic Aldo Olwoch Olunya. Well said, actually. Well done. First try, man. Yeah, come on, come on. A counseling psychologist. A good guy, mm -hmm. and as you can tell, he's occupying a half of the set. We really <laughs> needed to adjust our cameras. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and yeah. the topic today we kind of want to get into with Aldo is um, there's obviously been a lot of chatter around um, men's mental health, around content, around men, and how we can contribute to that subject. And we've always felt Aldo that um, Ila and I are a bit underqualified to mm -hmm. talk about men's mental health and to talk about ways in which we can contribute towards that conversation. Mm -hmm. But with mm -hmm. you on set, we feel able yeah. and capable to finally get into that topic. So welcome. Thank you so much. Guy. It's good to be here. It's good to be yeah. here. Looking forward to it. How do you feel? Relaxed. Oh, there we go. Like, is that, is that strange? Nah, nah, it's <laughs> good. Nah, it's nah, nah, nah. Yeah, this has been a long time coming. It's like been a, a very long time coming. Yeah. Obviously, like I've been watching you guys' things. I was um, telling you yeah. before we jumped on. And it's really good to see how, like, how much it's grown. And the fact that I guess you give the platform for the conversation to happen. Because mm. um, Oscar was telling me sometimes you can't even find the chats. Yeah. Like, okay, I want to hear this. Where do I get it from? Mm. And then here mm. comes you guys consistently being like, we are talking about these things, which some people don't feel confident enough to vocalize. Mm. But then there you go. Mm. And I guess there's the seriousness, but also the levity. So like yeah. the the conversation is accessible. Mm. So now I'm really, really excited. I'm excited, man. Yeah, man. Welcome. Yeah. welcome. Some, there's already some vocabulary yeah, being dropped yeah, yeah. You know, there's some levity. Just strap in, get hey, a thesaurus, get, get a thesaurus, get ready. I, I, I <laughs> we typically usually talk about like um, your upbringing and um, your understanding of what it means to be a man. And I want to start off with that. Mm. Um, who are the men in your life that have contributed most to who you are today? Uh, because men, we get such a big bad rep you know, in society today and kind of through the content which we're going to talk about. Um, who are the men in your life, Aldo, who've kind of added to who you are and made you the man you are today? For me, the question is, I like it because I mean, it's, it's my dad. And I say so because when it comes to being a man, there's many things that go into it. But he showed me that strength doesn't have to be, I guess, violent or abrasive. And so he's a neurosurgeon, so it's hard work. And despite the fact that he was busy, he'd make time, like when I was playing rugby when I was younger, mm. man would be at the games. Mm. It's difficult. He'd come, when he used to have sports days, he'd come through like when he used to wear suits, he'd like take his shoes off and like smoke people and the tie would be like, you know, waving in the wind. <laughs> but then also like in the house in terms of being around and just what it means, how to carry yourself. So when I was growing up, I used to watch him like public speak, he'd speak at school. And I was like, when I become a professional, I'm going to sound like that. <laughs> or you want to model your speech pattern after something. So if I was going to talk about the biggest male influence for me, it would be him. I could go on and on about it, but I think that's what it boils down to. I have a lot of male role models, but I think that would, for me, would be, he'd be the main one. What like... Because obviously being a very present father, as you can see, and then the public speaking, that which we, we've seen you do before, um, how has that directly affected who you are like today? 
2022, like what you've seen from your dad? We were talking before about, first of all, like managing like your temperament, right? Mm -hmm. So you're coming up, let's say you get angry and you end up be like, or, you know, flip a table or something like that, or wanting to express that anger, but that's not always helpful. Mm -hmm. So for example, you can be justifiably angry, as we were were saying beforehand, (laughs) but you have to measure and be like, okay, let's say somebody did something wrong to me and then I pulled up and like punched them in the jaw. Mm. Afterwards, it can be like you were upset, but then you have to deal with the consequences of what has happened. And there was that element of seek to be measured. You can't always be, but when it was with us, even let's say something goes wrong, there can be a mistake, there can be a falling out, but can we discuss it? And what's the reasoning? Mm. So for me now in life, not always successfully, (laughs) but (laughs) I tried my best to be measured when you approach things. Mm. And it goes from our personal relationships and even with work. Mm. It's like, okay, what are we doing here? How do we best do it? How do I approach? Mm. And you take you take a beat because mm. almost always, if the emotion is still valid, mm. you can communicate it better mm. after you've had a second to sit with it. Mm. So I can still express disappointment. I can still express anger. But now it's like the, the cut and thrust is taken out of it. I mm. can be like, Eli, mm. this thing that happened, I might disagreed with it. I was angry at the time, but now we can actually discuss it. Because yeah. even yeah. if I come at you that way, mm. the tone can overshadow the message. Yeah. And now we're arguing. Yeah. You're going to yeah. be like, well, I might have done this, but you're shouting at me, so my walls are going to go up. Mm. So just trying to be nuanced mm. um, in as many aspects of my life as I can be. Mm. As you can tell go, today, go. the vibe is deep. Go. I can feel it. I, can feel <laughs> so I, I will move to the next yeah. question because that was a fantastic answer. And yeah. obviously, we're always looking for nuance. And I told you, um, even when I'm justifiably angry, my wrath is always measured. Mm. Except sometimes. But <laughs> it happens. <laughs> my wrath, my wrath, like your wrath has to be measured because when it's measured is when it's effective. Mm. Um, yeah. When you kind of can exercise. Um, an emotion but in control Mm. then that's where you get like Mm. the virtue do you feel like oh do you feel like um the being measured has kind of come with maturity because when i look at my past when i was younger being measured was not an option up Mm. until i was like 21 so i don't know where that comes from because back in the day when i was like 18 to like 20 22 my fuse was so short but suddenly i don't know if it was through getting through in so many fights (laughs) that it just sort of i was like okay this equals violence but like after i got to maybe 25 Something just completely changed and yeah. it just, it's so far removed from me now. So I don't know if do you reckon that's happened to you, like in terms of age and then. For me, it's also measured. the discovery that you yeah. can send a message without being violent. Yeah. You can send a message without being abusive. Mm. But yeah. there is a space mm. for like, in case things go to a certain place, you also have to be ready to like get in the mud. Yeah. Shout out Pocket Gym. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like the, yeah. I, I, I kind of, because mm. my upbringing has always been, um, uh, and I'll tell I'll tell you a story that I kind of had something I realized also about my bringing and anger and wrath is the guy if you got into a fight with the guy and you lost mm. he'd beat you up go back mm. to his friends and if you messed with him again he'd beat you up again and beat <clears> his friends mm. and you'd see it yeah you get what I mean you'd see <laughs> and you do nothing about it like yeah. he's bigger he's better he's like mm. and so you kind of had to learn to be respectful of people because mm. there was always that threat of mm. things can go to a place you can't get out of yeah um, and that's kind of when I learned that. So that's understanding of always be measured in your approach. Always mm. know that the people who carry your blessings and your curses are the people you interact with. Like mm. we are all blessed with the ability to name things. Mm. So you can call someone a fool mm. and because of your experience and mm. other people will think he's a fool also. Mm. You can call someone intelligent and bright mm. and because mm. of that experience, other people will also, your network will also mm. validate that. So mm. for me, it's always being like, 
the, I think that when I got to the place where I understood that human beings are the people who carry our blessings and who carry our curses um, because they name things and meant that I have to treat everyone I meet with respect. Oh, mm. yeah. Oh, oh. What's your journey been with like, because you mentioned temperament, etc. What's your journey been with maturity and being measured in terms of response? It's interesting. So I'm sure they wouldn't mind me saying it. We have a bit of a temper in my family. Uh-huh. <laughs> but as a result of that, you have to do more work. Mm. So I'm a large person. Mm. So the problem is the way people view you, sometimes it can be a matter of, I want to prove myself. Mm. I'm going to go at the big dude. When people would pick fights, mm. you'd be minding your business and somebody wants to come and start something just to be like, if I can start something with him mm. and succeed, what does my social capital look like? Yeah. And so you're having to manage other people's insecurity. Mm. For me, I didn't understand my anger at first. I have like the wet kind. Mm. It's not like the the cool one where like your fist shakes and then you're mm. like, ah, mm. like, you know, my eyes get wet. And it's mm. like, man, this is very not gay. So like, it doesn't, <laughs> like, it's because you're standing there, it's like, man, it doesn't look cool. Like, yeah. it, but then it's, it's also very, very powerful. So I had mm. to seek to understand it. Mm. I think the first time I got properly, properly angry, I didn't know what it was. And I was like, oh, mm. I couldn't, mm. I couldn't control it. But I was like, if this is something I have to deal with, mm. then I need to be able to deal with it. Because if you're getting into scuffles, someone like me, let's say you hit somebody wrong or you more accurately, if you hit yeah. somebody right. Yeah. yeah. So like, I want to hurt this person. Yeah. I hurt them. And then what? And then what? Mm. So what has happened? And almost always, if you're looking at aftermath, somebody will be like, couldn't you just have, and it's like, it's not a movie, dog. If you're going to hit somebody, mm. you're actively trying to. And so now I realize that many times when people wanted to fight, it had nothing to do with me at all. Mm. Like the targets on your back, having done nothing, you might be talking to friends oh. of theirs and they feel like mm. I need to reassert something, mm. but I'm not there for that. Mm. And once you realize that it became a lot easier to avoid. Yeah, like, I, I tend to be a friendly person, oh. but if that's the kind of energy you want to bring, it's like, I don't have to, mm. I don't have to deal with this. Mm. And if it gets there, I'd rather remove myself yeah. because there's almost no matter what he said, if it gets to it, and let's say I'm successful in my rage. If we're sitting down afterwards and somebody's asking me, could you have done it differently? I'd be like, absolutely. Mm. I don't want to hurt mm. somebody. Yeah. Like that's yeah. that's tough, man. Yeah. There's no montage, there's no fast forwarding. Somebody mm. has to go to hospital, families can get involved. Mm. It's not worth it. Yeah, yeah. and then there's yeah. prison, yeah. Mm. yeah. There's, mm. And so you realize, yeah. so when you're saying like, take a beat, especially mm. with anger, because in those moments when you feel the most, mm the most venomous, mm. that's when you need to relocate and be like, hey, okay, this is not, <laughs> yeah. this is not the thing to do because yeah. mm. I have to sit with the consequences. Mm. No matter what explanation I give. Is, is, mm. is that, so in your mind, there's absolutely no justification for violence. Oh, no, no, I never said that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there's, the, there's times when there are, it's mm. just, I seldom find myself in those kind of scenarios. Yeah, mm. And I guess that would be deliberate in terms of what kind of company do I keep? Yeah. What kind of life do I live? Mm. I don't mm. want to be with, I used to have friends when I was younger who are actively seeking yeah, fights. Violence, yeah. Yeah. And now we must fight because mm. you sought. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not looking for that anymore. Mm. So you find yourself in company where this doesn't have to be it. Mm. If it's protection of somebody or something mm. hectic is happening. Mm. Absolutely. But I don't seek it out mm. because if you do, it's actually extremely easy to find. Yeah, mm. it is. I feel like, while that's the case, there is also in a guy's life, there is a small space where once or twice, I think everyone needs to be punched in the face. Like, mm. I feel like you need to, as a guy. To make, know it yeah, can happen. Yeah, you need yeah. to know because otherwise, because, okay, perfect example for me, right? Um, similar to you, but mine was the opposite because I'm not a large guy and I was normally the only black guy in my area. I had the same target okay, on my back, right? True, yeah, true, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, 
Um, a lot of the time, I've been very lucky. I never really got beaten up until these two times, right? These are the last two scuffles I got into. So one, you know when there's like man strength and there's boy strength? Mm. I remember I got choked out by like a 45-year-old man. That's and I was like, ah, okay, yeah, I should probably start. So there was that moment and then I was like, but that was a very, like it needed to happen to me for me to be like, okay, not every single time because I've been successful mm. up until then. And then the final one was when I realized that if I didn't manage my emotions at that point, mm. something really bad could have happened. So essentially... I was I had to scuffle with one guy and then we met like outside an area and then he said let's go around the corner mm-hmm. and finish this but then I clocked that he'd text someone and there was like four guys around the corner but I was like if I wasn't alert and like you know kind of measured at that point to be like my ego needs to be checked mm. and I need to say sorry mate I'm not I'm not getting involved if I went around the corner something really bad could have happened so I think sometimes you have to learn from physically being there from like seeing and observing the danger because it can happen maybe mm. much further down in your life and you have way more to lose like mm. you're a dad you've never been in a scuffle before that's true right yeah my so i think there's a place for it my experience with oh, yeah. violence because yeah. like i said i grew up in a certain environment like what i told you someone is yeah. going to beat you up and you'll yeah. see him the next day and yeah. if you mess about with him he'll beat you up again yeah so that kind of i experienced bullying a bit mm. when i was younger mm. i experienced mm. a lot of bullying when i was mm. younger and the one way i got out of that bullying cycle yeah uh, I've never actually talked about this, actually. Yeah. The one way I got out of that bullying cycle was to kind of learn to identify the mm. bully mm. and to either avoid, mm. or if it comes to being challenged, to be extreme, mm. like to take the extreme road. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. don't be, like, if if someone tests you, mm. like, there was no half-baked reaction. Yeah, if you can do something, yeah, do it like, do it. Yeah. Like, and I'll yeah. tell you this, right? Um, I remember when I was very young, one of the experiences I had was my dad. I got beaten by this uh, kid. So where I grew up was... Um, the Somali community I just moved in and I love you know I have a strong yeah. relationship with that community mm. and a lot of my friends are from there but there was this particular individual because mm. I used to ride the bike I used to mm. be the boy with the ball yeah. and we used to play a lot with slum kids as well mm. um, people like um, children who were kind of came from underprivileged um, backgrounds and they were incredible and they taught me a lot right but this one Fight. Mm. I'll never forget. I lost it badly, but the kid was smaller than me because I didn't, I was was Mm. with my mom. Mm. So a lot of, uh, my mom kind of seen a lot of the values for how Mm. to deal with people, not my dad. Mm. Mm. But my dad saw the kid. Then he looked at me Mm. and he said, "Uh -uh. what's up? You you need to learn to mm. defend yourself. You, I won't, Mm. your mom and I won't always be there for you. Mm. Now, the next time that kid tested me, I, I understood quickly, mm. set an example. Yeah. So kind of that was my relationship with violence, right? Mm. But then the older I grew, the more I realized that you have to be very wary of people who have a very comfortable relationship with, with violence. violence. 100%. Like yeah. be very wary because yeah. it means a knife can come out from somewhere. Mm. Just, a yeah. bottle can break somewhere and then suddenly you're dealing with someone with a gash, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I remember there was one, this one incident. Um, I, I know he wouldn't mind sharing it, mind me sharing it like, where I was going home, and this was like uh, f- five years ago, right? That was the last, I think, scuffle I had proper. Mm. And I was, and I look and I see one of my boys who's like smaller, like being pinched to the world by two people. Mm. Mm. Let me tell you something. Mm. I have never, like, you know, that whole thing for mm. unleash hell. Like yeah. that feeling, you know, yeah. you get like, because mm. it's your boy, like you have to protect him. Mm. And we got into it with these guys. And then I just looked around and I'm like, these are kids. Like, yeah. look at what you've yeah. done. Yeah. 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 These are not yeah. even like mature people. These are children who are just yeah. picking on your boy. And you could have probably diffused it in a much more effective mm. way. Yeah. And that's it was from that uh, point where I was like, you need to work on your temper. Mm. you know. And you know, the worst thing about like uh, the community I come from, 
a man with a temper kind of can get glorified. A, a mm. man who asserts himself, yeah. a man who's dominant. Nah, nah, nah. Mm. Then, you know, he's a meru man, so it means mm. he's angry, and being yeah. angry is kind of part of your identity. Mm. Mm. But what I also learned uh, now, it's even funny, you know, it went full circle. When I told my dad that story, he was like, but you don't need to use your voice. I mean, to use your body anymore. You can use your voice. Yeah. You can use your presence like mm. to yeah. offset things. 100%. That's kind of my, my advice to anyone who's dealing with like anger or violence, you have to look at the root of it because maybe that root of me being bullied when I was younger mm. is what's manifesting itself. Because you're so now bullying yeah. having someone else. Yeah. 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 The, yeah. And for me, it's so triggering. <clears throat> I really can tell you. I'm mm. so clear mm. if, as to how you treat your staff. Like Eli mm. knows, like those are there are times when we've met people who that's the first thing I'll see. Like, mm. why is this person talking to his staff member like this? Mm. I'm mm. so like yeah. aware of people relation people's relationships and I really hate it when I see a bully like I can hate you and mm. you don't even know mm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I, th- I think it's necessary because bullying is really terrible I was saying because for me anger and violence it wasn't the same thing when I'd get into fights it wasn't because I was angry it's because mm. I was being recruited hey big mm. man come let's go <laughs> yeah. Yeah. oh no oh, they're coming at us we need to go in. and that's how it used yeah. to happen and I'm actually very thankful that the anger and the violence was not together mm. because for me feeling angry for a very long time was a very frightening thing mm. like it was scary i'd mm. be like what is what is this urge yeah. that i'm having yeah. and i forget the last time i hit somebody mm. and he started to like bleed from his head mm. i remember very vividly mm. uh, i remember being shocked but then i thought to myself now if you're punching somebody what do you think is going to happen? Yeah. yeah. I was like isn't this sort of movie like this yeah. is success no yeah. yeah i remember being very frightened because i was like I might have hurt this person. Yeah. Like he was cool, mm. but that was the thing. And so I said, in terms of you don't want to hurt anybody, mm. but if violence is what you're doing, yeah. that's naturally what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. So since then I was like, this is dangerous. And obviously it's like, duh, of course yeah. it's dangerous. Yeah. But mm. up until that moment, I hadn't like really internalized it and thought, but mm. see, these people were coming at me. It wasn't my fault. Yeah. But it's like, but you had the ability to deal with it better. Mm. It's like this guy wasn't stronger than I was. Yeah. And then yeah. you realize the responsibility that comes with that. Mm. It might not be fair. But life in general tends not to be. Yeah. But the response—it sounds like a Spider-Man quote: "With mm. great power comes great responsibility." Yeah. yeah. But if that's the case, then it's on me to be like, mm. "How can I control this outcome better?" Exactly. Because we can always mm. scrap, and I can always say, "I didn't start it." Mm. But like you're saying, like with those guys around the corner, let's go and finish this. Mm. Be like, "That's yeah, no. who's getting finished." Well, it's like, it's yeah. like there's yeah. levels to. It's like I don't like that at all. Yeah. I yeah. realized it's exactly. something that used to happen, mm. but I didn't enjoy. Yeah. yeah, you have to sometimes be in that that scenario, right? You have to sometimes actually, as a guy, have experienced. I felt that against someone's face, and it's like that's not me. That's not no. yeah yeah the you, result. Yeah, you, we rarely think about the result when mm. we allow emotions to kind of govern mm. us. Mm. We don't mm. look at the results because you're so in the moment, right? Mm. And I think that if it, like for me, what's really helped is like with that measured kind of approach to anger is. I'm always asking myself, what will happen after I do it, mm. right? Even mm. when I do it, like, like, the, like the time I shared with you off camera, like I lost it for a second, mm. but I still made that judgment for mm. Mm. what is the consequence I'm going for? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If I'm dressing someone down, I'll dress you down, but what do I want you to change? Sometimes mm. you have to assert yourself mm. and to show you that they'll be a, show someone there can be a consequence to your conduct. Mm. But even when you do it, wrath is most effective when it's measured, mm. right? Mm. And there are moments when um, I was having a conversation with uh, a very, very interesting producer. Her name is um, Barbara Caruana. And she produces for uh, Miss Mandy's Throwdown. And she was telling me, when you, when you experience offense, always learn to exercise grace. Mm. Right, mm-hmm. and like it was something recent, but it's like, yeah, how often am I graceful to people? How often am I like, 
I, I can empathize with your perspective because mm. I know more now. Mm. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And I feel like probably that's the maturity Eli is alluding to mm. where you find that because you, you can empathize with someone, mm. you take a more measured approach to your anger and to your emotions because mm. you can go like, I kind of understand, I kind of understand where you're coming from. Mm. I can kind of walk in your shoes for a second. Yeah. I can see what you're seeing. Mm. And if if conversation won't change your perspective, then mm. I'm best served just walking away yeah. and letting someone else give you that lesson. Mm. It doesn't have to be me who's doing the teaching. Mm. You know, there's mm. that entitlement you can have as a man, like, oh, you've crossed me. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you get what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's me you've come to. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that probably all comes back to that thing I told you about, mm. like growing up in a place where you needed to mm. set an example yeah. so that you can avoid the nonsense. Mm. To be peaceful, you must be a warrior. Yeah. You get yeah. what I mean? Um, yeah. that thing for you'd rather be a what you'd rather be a warrior in a garden than a yeah. gardener in a war. That's summer. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So like you have to kind of understand that you have a darker side to you mm. and you have to know when to exercise it mm. and you, when you exercise it you have to exercise it in a measured way mm. and only then will it be effective but if you're constantly losing control mm. um and and this is probably why i was i was i was so i was so shocked at it but like mm. if you're constantly if you allow people to walk over you even in your life right you will you will not get results so you need to kind of understand and cultivate a darker you mm. but know how to keep that person in check um mm. Jordan Peterson also, I, I really like consume a lot of his content. He says, um, blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. But that meek that's usually in the Bible actually means blessed are those who know how to use their swords, but choose to sheath them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. that's been something very powerful for me because I, I am aware that oh. there's a darkness somewhere, but mm. I just keep it. Mm. Super check. Check. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of the time, like those moments can end up defining your whole life. Mm. Like you're like one. And, and if you think about the gravity of the situation, say it's an element of disrespect that's happened and then yeah. it's translated into violence, right? Those 30 seconds that you're violent because of a, a two sentences mm. now can either damage your life or that person's life or even your professional life. Yeah. You lose sort of everything. Everything. A perfect example when I realized this is before getting choked up by the 40 year old man <laughs> about a month, a month or so before, <laughs> about a month or so before, the same road that I was on where I grew up, there was a scuffle, right? And it was a similar thing. And it's normally somebody's messing with your boy and then you sort of step in to help, right? I remember um, catching this one guy and then like one catch and he fell. And I was, and at the time when you're young, you're like, oh, that looked, you know, that sort of looked good. A year later on the same street, same thing happened, not with me, but with somebody else. I read it in the news. Again, one punch and then the guy, but he didn't make it. So it was that realization that like, listen, a few more inches, a few more mm. like your body position and that can mess up the rest of my life, mm. that person's life. So I think sometimes it's realizing how the gravity of those 10 seconds, is it worth, yeah, you know, the life. rest the rest of yeah. your life? Yeah. It's fine margins, yeah. man. Yeah. To move away from violence. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to move away from violence. Um, so the space we're in is Mantle. One of the things we're obviously doing is, you know, driving conversations, trying to be more positive on the internet. But when I sort of step back and look at the internet, uh, where we are now, and you could maybe um, give us more insight into this, is there's we're trying to do something as men, which is, you know, being more aware, being like looking internally, going on journeys with our mental health and things. And in the way I see it is that we're sort of trying to catch up to our female counterparts mm. in terms of that sort of self-actualization, that sort of, you know, uh, sensitivity, et cetera, which is one of the main reasons we're sort of doing this. What have you seen, because in your profession since you started, um, as like, what have you seen in terms of men's general approach to like mental health and themselves and society as you've gone in your journey professionally? Like, has there been a change? Because I think you've been in it for a few years now. What have you seen? I think, I think there's been a major change. Mm. And I think in all honesty, a huge change happened at the, at the start of the pandemic. Mm. Mm. Because now 
life, you know, you can do life almost mm. in like autopilot. Yeah. Like, you know, I go to work, I do this, I see my boys and mm. you're so locked into that. That's what you do. Mm. And the pandemic threw a spanner in the works. Mm. All of a sudden now, when you used to like lie on that routine, you can't do that anymore. Mm. You had to be in one place. Mm. And the problem with being in one place is now your mind has time. You might have time to introspect mm. and you can probably hate it. Mm. Or let's say, and it sounds mean, a lot of people don't spend time with their families. Yeah. A thing we saw with the, like parents and their kids, they realized they don't know their kids. Mm. Nine months out of the year, you mm. go to school from, what is it? Seven something up until like four. Yeah. And that's a lot of the time they come mm. back from school, they're tired, you do holidays, but now yeah. you had them all the time. Yeah. And they were like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you could see them being like, so this is what teachers have to deal with. And yeah. it's like, ah, and for, with a lot of men, you found them in terms of the bulk of your time is spent not at home. Mm, mm. So then now they had to be home mm. and it felt strange. Yeah. But also how do you define yourself in terms of is masculinity is you like, you know, going out and getting this bread, so to speak. Mm, mm. That's not happening. Mm. You have to be home with the people who you've chosen to be in your life. Yeah. Mm. What do you do? And it was uncomfortable. Mm. Cause I'm like, has this always been like this? And you could point mm. to the pandemic and say, it's the pandemic's fault, mm. which is a huge stressor. Mm. But a lot of these things are just what people ignore. Yeah. And the thing I saw a lot of, was asking those questions in terms of how do we help ourselves? Mm. You're saying rightly so in terms of the conversations that that women have, mm. but sensitivity is termed as being like a feminine trait. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, if you're a man, you don't want somebody to say, oh man, you're so sensitive. People mm. might bristle and be like, what do you mean I'm sensitive? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you weren't insulted. Yeah. It's like, yeah. what does sensitivity mean? Mm. Mm. That you can notice like when things are happening, understand somebody's emotional state, understand mm. your own emotional state. Mm. What is the definition of sensitivity? Yeah. But now it's like a buzzword to be like, he's weak, mm. but it's not the same thing. Yeah. yeah. And so the thing I saw a lot of was men who, and I've seen some really lovely like podcasts, obviously like you guys notwithstanding, mm. of people who you think are, could be the top of what you're doing. I love when athletes do this mm. and they're like, these are the difficulties that I have. Yeah. And you're like, but you're a superhero. I am or an athlete, the, the pivot. Yeah. Those, yeah. and it's like, but you're the closest thing we have to, you know, Fiction, yeah. a superhero in terms of our society. Look yeah. at the stuff you do. That's yeah. out of and this world. And the bag you make. Exactly, yeah. But even then, mm. it could be like, actually, I've been struggling with this for this long and we don't think about it. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah. if it can happen to them, it happens to all of us. Mm. But the most important thing is, and I think it's crucial is that we have to be able to have the conversations ourselves. Mm. I've had many talks and women would be like, we can't carry that burden. And I was like, absolutely. Mm. But you have to give somebody time to be able to explore in that space. Mm. Something I said once, which made someone's eyebrows raise, but she couldn't disagree. was like, a lot of women would want a sensitive man in theory, but not in practice. So you'd mm. say, I want you to be more in touch with your feelings. Then you bring the feelings and someone's like, hey, what are those, man? Yeah. Mm. I don't want to see those because it's uncomfortable. Mm. Because we have to work through what you're not good at. Mm. But I asked, like, if we're in an office space and I asked somebody, if your woman colleague started crying, what would you do? I'm like, mm. what's wrong? What's happening? Take her to the bathroom. I was like, okay, lovely. If your male colleague started to, and then she was like, why is he crying in the office? Yeah. I was mm. like, hold on. But the reasons might be the same. Mm. It's like, what if he's really going through something difficult? He shouldn't do that. Yeah. And I was like, because handling a man who is like breaking out into tears, yeah. guys are like, but why are you doing that? You're, yeah. you're, you're a man, you're not supposed mm. to. Mm. And now it's kind of like breaking down the walls into, obviously you don't want just weeping in public all the time. Yeah. That's not effective. <laughs> but you want, <laughs> but you want not an effective strategy. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> but you want to realize that if you look at the emotional spectrum, Mm. All of us have access to all of it. Mm. Whereas men, the things were allowed and you said you're allowed anger. Mm. No one's ever going to question your manhood for being angry mm. ever. Yeah. But yeah. 
if you show sadness or sometimes depression, it's like, what are you, like, why are you moping? Men aren't supposed to mope. And it's like, you have access to all of the emotional spectrum. This stuff will show. But anger in and of itself is a secondary emotion. Mm. I'll never forget, like, uh, one of my lecturers told me that and I was like, yo, I'm going to use that (laughs) severally. So there's always one stop before you get to anger. So sadness, anger, embarrassment, anger, fear. Mm. But you can't weaponize fear. Um, If I'm scared, I'd rather take my hands and bowl them into a fist. And that's where the fear goes. So that's what people prefer. And so as a guy, even if you're sad, it's like, no, I'm going to embrace the anger. Someone will be like, oh, he's angry. That's fine. But don't be sad. And so there's always a one stop before it. So think about every time that you've ever been angry. Obviously, there's many times. Yeah. And ask yourself, what were you feeling before the anger checked in? Injustice. Yeah. Then it goes to anger. You might be, someone wants to beat you up and might be fear first. And you're like, this person wants to do what to me? (sighs) And you crystallize the fear and now you're? You're angry. But you can use that. And the thing, anger is seen as powerful, but it's like holding a fistful of hot coals. You hurt yourself the most. It's outward and you can hurt other people. But if you're perpetually angry, you do the most self-damage. Yeah. And so these kind of truths for men experience all the emotions that women do. Oh. All of them. Yeah, yeah. we do. So yeah. that either, no, all of us we experience oh. all the same things. Oh. But how is it perceived? And what are you allowed to feel? Oh. And that's how you justify yourself. All of us have heard boys don't cry yet. Oh. Oh. Why? How are you five years old? And someone's looking at you and being like, you better not cry. Yeah. It's like, I'm five. Yeah. I'm sad. <laughs> Yeah. No, it's bad. Yeah. Why is it bad? Are you telling me to be a man? I'm mm. young. Yeah. But you're taught from jump that this side of your emotion, this side mm. of your emotions, rather, you shouldn't um, be conversant with it. Mm. And that does damage because when you're older, you don't know how to start to deal with it. Yeah. And that's yeah. why aggression tends to be the go-to. It's like, I'm hurt. I'm sad. And then now guys are in fisticuffs because that's the only Way avenue out. which you are often given. Yeah they'll stop before anger. That's so interesting. And then you've mentioned the five-year-old, right? Because I've always looked at uh, female and male counterparts when they're going through life. Say you're the five-year-old. When you experience the same thing that the girl does, right? A lot of the time, the girl's mother would be like, oh, sit down, what happened at school? And then she'll be able to vocalize her emotions and actually use words to attach what she felt from an early age. So I feel like they start to build that kind of muscle which is the going from here, my feeling to vocalizing. But then the same kid, like you said, goes through the same emotions. They're five years old. They have a tough day at school. A lot of the time they probably finished that on the playground and that was okay. So they've never had that muscle exercise to go from, I felt this, vocalize. And then like you're saying, you fast forward and the stop before anger, when a guy gets there further, like further down the line, he's like 18, 19. Again, he just reverts back to what he did before because he's not practiced that skill to be like, okay, I'm angry, I'm sad. So that's why the thing's sort of translating. But then the lady, the same anger when she's 18 years old, she'll go to her friends and have that communal conversation being like, I went through this, I felt like this, I felt like this. So is it the case that just men have not been exercising that that skill of vocalizing their emotions and talking to people? And if that's the case, now with more of these conversations happening, do you feel like there'll be less violence in men if they're understanding that sort of process? I think so. It's how we're socialized. Yeah. Oh, it's like being stoic. If mm. like even if you say like an African father figure, what mm. do you envision? Mm. It's like a fixed point stoicism. Mm. It's like stuff might happen, but it yeah. happens around him, but he kind of stays the course. Mm. He's probably struggling. Yeah. yeah. But there's no avenue to be like, but dad, what do you mean you're feeling feelings? You're my dad. Mm. Those kind of things. But stoicism fundamentally, me, I'm a huge consumer of like material around stoicism. And um 
Marcus Aurelius's book Meditations, which is kind of the, I'd say, magnum opus of that philosophy. Mm. It doesn't discourage vulnerability. Mm. It just discourages um, allowing your environment to influence um, your decision making and who you are too much. So it it reinforces that you have to understand your character. And the problem with um, a lot of people who read the Stoics is they kind of create a narrative that's outside of what's actually being said, right? Mm. If you look at the Greek philosophers, the Senecas, whenever they've kind of interpreted life, they've always gone great men and great leaders, despite the challenge, find a way to rise above it. It's not like they don't feel the pain, but mm. they they use it as fuel to get to the objective that they've set. It's not that Marcus Aurelius's reign was without um, any opposition, but he kind of understood himself enough as a, as a governing leader and as a governing ruler to go, I am feeling this way about my people, my family. Um, I, man- I know how to manage myself and to manage my emotions and have that support system around me mm. um, that helps me be able to be objective. Mm. But the problem is um, a lot of people will go through like you know what tends to happen with a philosophy that you don't really understand mm. is that people begin to inject mm. their perspective like a stoic would be this a stoic is a hardened man nah, that's not true even if you look at african societies right mm. um our fathers had friends the mm. reason why they had a culture of like and we'll get into that of like meeting with your boys and taking out the mm. straws and drinking mm. is because like they had to think about their own affairs as mm. family members how do we operate our little societies and how do we interpret the regulations we've put in among ourselves as a community mm. um so i've always like kind of but with that bro do you feel like there's a fundamental flaw because yeah imagine like you said the men they meet and then their emotions translates into service for their community, yeah. but it doesn't address their, their emotions. So yeah. like they go, uh, the Marcus Aurelius, yes, he's, he's translated that into like, you know, helping society. The guys that go at the end of the day, they have a drink with their boys and talk. They'll talk about everything but the actual problem. So mm-hmm. do you think that's, and so then now when younger guys sort of read that or younger guys read about Marcus Aurelius, the figure that's painted mm. doesn't address that Marcus Aurelius as an individual was sad. It addresses that Marcus used that, like you said, to now help people. So people, as a man, you still feel like my emotions are valid. I need to now translate that into service because that's what is sort of pushed on us. Yeah. Mm. Well, when you kind of look at stoicism as a subject, it's not just about Mm. managing others or Mm. managing, you know, society. It's about Mm. managing yourself and your emotions, right? Mm. That's emotional management. And Mm. um, the reason why I kind of, I'm not, I I don't criticize the stoics too much is because Mm. I kind of get it at the end of the day because you mm. see as men mm. um i was in a i was in a session and uh, my therapist told me men are destiny shapers like if mm. you look back through anyone's lineage and mm. you see if you see someone's having an issue now there's mm. probably a man somewhere who didn't do what he needed to do or mm. a man somewhere whose philosophy and ideologies were imposed on a family or on a society that were wrong if mm. you look at tribalism today as kenya there was once a regime mm. led by certain people who realized mm. to be able to maintain power politically let us fragment Mm. these communities right Mm. so you can tell there's Mm. always somehow a man involved in a lot of the dysfunction we experience Mm. today and that responsibility has to be understood if you're going to govern you have to understand that who you are and the decisions you make Mm. can have a lasting impact on people and Mm. on how they experience life Mm. and as much as you manage yourself your self-management has to come first obviously conquer yourself Mm. before you conquer the world that's Mm. that's a bit of a stoic saying like Mm. know who you are Mm. defeat your weaknesses and if you can't don't be afraid to like like where i think the disconnect happens is seeking help Mm. you get Mm. what i mean you Mm. will rarely hear the stoic go i want to seek help i want Mm. to get other people's support on board Mm. to help Mm. me Mm. but then 
there's also a focus on self-management. And as men, I also think that's really, really important. We have mm. to learn mm. ourselves first. Mm. And the only way we can learn ourselves is by experiencing ourselves. And the only way we can experience ourselves is by learning from others. Mm. Mm. I, I think what you said is interesting because stoicism, and like you've read a lot of it, but in this generation of ours, an idea, people don't converse with it to the depths that you are. So like in the sense mm. of mm. being unfeeling and there's more nuance to it, which I wasn't sure about, but I know the way people use it isn't like, like that. that. Yeah. And so people will be like, no, like the thing for using your negativity as fuel for something. And it's like, it can work for a time. But like you said, you can be a great man, but then you're sad. And like, okay, what's the goal? All of us are not going to be great men or leaders. Yeah. It sounds like a mean thing to it's say, fact. but it's the truth. So it's like, okay, I understand if you're somebody who has that much on your shoulders, what about for the majority of people when it's just day-to-day -day stuff? Mm. How do you manage yourself? Are you pushing things down to be effective? But in actuality, by pushing it down, you're being less effective in the long run. There it is. So you might say to get to this, I need to push this down. And I'll be like, you need to address that. No, I don't. It'll slow me down. Mm. Emotions don't disappear. Mm. It's like a snow globe. This is the example I love to give. Mm. You shake it, you see the sediment, it all like falls to the bottom. The water looks clear. It looks good. Somebody kicks the table, then it falls over. All the things which you feel that you have pushed down and that you're over, they don't disappear. Mm -hmm. And that's why you might find yourself at a later date when something might trigger you and you're like, my reaction was not equal to the stimulus. It's like, yes, it is. Mm -hmm. What did they poke? That mm -hmm. thing which you thought to yourself, it doesn't matter. I squashed it. It's still there and it's just waiting because if you get a small crack, the water's gonna come bursting through. It's yeah. gonna be like, here's an outlet, there it goes. Mm -hmm. That's what happens with anger, what happens with sadness, when we falsely say we compartmentalize mm -hmm. and be like, it's like those dustbins where they say, or oh, plastic or stuff, but then it goes into the same pot or the mm -hmm. same bin. Yeah. And you're like, I put these in different things. No, you didn't. If things are hard at work, Oh. Isn't your home life gonna suffer? It is. If things are tough at home, you go to work, is everything fine? Mm -hmm. It isn't, you're the same person. And so we tend to be like, oh no, I put that off in the corner. People can see it seeping through the gaps, but we can't communicate or people might be scared. They'll be like, mm -hmm. if I talk to him about this, I'm gonna get a negative reaction. I'm not gonna do it. Why would I risk somebody's wrath, somebody's mm -hmm. ire? Be like, mm -hmm. I don't want to be yeah. in the way, but it might be stuff that has nothing to, to do, do with you. you. Yeah. Someone's been carrying the baggage for years. Yeah. And you just so happen to be the unloading point. Mm. You're like, I don't want that. Mm. People avoid it. It can be frightening. Mm. And so it's difficult to have those conversations. And many men, like you were saying, seek help. How? We just talked about, it's good to go and have like drinks with your boys. Sometimes I want to talk about something difficult and like emotionally taxing. And guys are sidestepping it. Just, you know, put it down. Mm. You know, it's fine. We'll do this. And then like Eli was saying, we haven't actually addressed the issue. Mm. It's like we skirted around the issue. We spent time, like, you know, we hugged and everything. We had fun. I'm still left wanting. Mm. But then now I'm like, but I had my social interaction. I mm. sought my help. I must be fine. Mm. You're not. Mm. And so the new week starts and you're still carrying the same stuff. And the time between incidences becomes less and less. Sometimes you just became, you become an angry person. Mm. It's like, why am I like this? That's just the way I am. No, it isn't. And even if your temperament is such, it's not an excuse. Yeah. And I think that so many guys use it as an excuse. That's yeah. just the way things are. And I'm like, the approach is, and again, not to sound mean, it can be lazy. Mm. Like if you're the one who's supposed to be responsible for your own emotional state, mm. how are you pointing fingers and say, bend over backwards for me, I can't control my anger. Mm. I'm like, that's not fair. The yeah. work is yours. And obviously yeah. there's things that go into it, but who's gonna start doing that work? I can help you. 
but I cannot help somebody who can't help themselves. Bro, you mm. see that's a stoic quote right mm. there. Like, mm. yeah, you can, yeah, help mm. yourself. Mm. It is. Yeah. The thing I like about it is I believe in like eclectic models of things. Yeah. So even in my therapeutic practice, it's a mix. It's a mix. There'll yeah. be things from here. And I think in life as well, there'll be tenets of stoicism that are really good. Some you disagree with. Yeah. Mm. You were saying Jordan Peterson, some stuff I really like, yeah. some stuff Jordan, I disagree yeah. with. Yeah, I agree. But that's okay. Yeah. Mm. And as people were supposed to take these things and then be like, this is who I am as a person, because mm. there's so much to draw from. <laughs> mm. But your identity can't be one thing. Yeah. It's like, I'm this. And I'm like, what about this, this thing? Yeah, it's yeah. cool though. If you disagree with something, it's okay. And then you yeah. place new information that actually works. Mm. So there'll be a lot of stoic things that I likely agree with. Yeah. And like, mm. you'll, you know, you'll like inform me and things like those. But there's many things which draw from other stuff as well. Mm. And it's in learning and seeing like what works for me. Because mm. you don't just put yourself in the box because this is what a great man did. Yeah. Be like, yes, he was great. What were his flaws? Everybody has them. Mm. Be like, what do I not want to replicate? Yeah. Be like, oh man, I'm a great man. I'm also really abusive. Yeah. And then you're like, it comes with the greatness. I'm nah, like, no, uh-uh. yeah. In fact, no, that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. No, let's talk about like, you see that Marcus Aurelius kind of personality, the philosopher king, his son was... A, Commodus and mm-hmm. I and I told Eli, he he wasn't a fantastic father because his son kind of saw the light of his dad and kind of what his dad achieved, and it made him feel small. Mm-hmm. And so he kind of overcompensated by wanting to be worshipped and being in monuments to himself mm-hmm. and the title of being emperor because he felt mm-hmm. he didn't understand that his father was also a man. Mm-hmm. So he glorified his father and the status that he had to almost god levels, and that led to one of the worst like reigns in Rome. And that's kind of one of the consequences mm. of kind of saying, putting it all on your back and not actually focusing on your family relationships yeah. and the people around you. Mm. So that's kind of what I kind of took mm. from that piece of literature. But yeah. I, I want us to move on to something that I think is really, really important because like I experienced kind of this material through content mm. and content that is available online. And it's, I kind of find my, for myself acquiesced to it I'm seeing a lot of young men now driven towards particular types of content. Content that sounds like this. Mm. You know, I drive a Bugatti. Um, <laughs> yeah. I got a several businesses. Yeah. Yeah. Women need to be put on a leash, yeah. you know. Yeah. And content like that. Yeah. Um, why does content like that um, grow and gain so much huge followings over such a short period of time, yeah. especially among men? Mm. Um, we we're talking off camera before I said life fundamentally isn't fair. Mm. And so what happens is you have these groups of people who feel disenfranchised for some reason. They feel like I'm not, I wasn't picked and you're searching Mm. for a reason. And here comes somebody showing you what the reason is. Mm. So what can you change? You can change your finances. It's like you get to a certain amount of it and money is power. Mm. And then you can feed people any type of way that you want to. Mm. So this status affords me the ability to disrespect somebody. And then I can make you feel all this pain that I've had about not being chosen by, I didn't get taken to my school dance or the girl told me no, all these kind of things. Mm. So you have this pain and then now you want to look at it in terms of, and women always tend to be like the butt of those kind of Mm. conversations. It's like you get this money so that you can tell somebody how much that you don't care about them. Mm. It's like you go up to a woman and say, you're trash. And it's like, but if you didn't like her so much, just avoid her in entirety. But it's about showing them that I am better. You never picked me before. Look at what I have now. Look at all these shiny things. Yeah. Don't have, don't, aren't I huge? Don't you feel small now? And there's many guys who, that's what they want to hear, but they're missing it. Yeah. Growing up that way, but also when you're consuming content, what kind of people are you targeting? Uh-huh. So they'll be like, women don't like me in general. Be like, but what kind of woman do you think that you deserve? Yeah. 
Mm. Again, it mm. sounds mean, but which mm. ones? Mm. Who are you looking at and be like, she'll never give me the time of day. Be like, mm. understand that there's so many, mm. but you want the pinnacle of something. It's what you consume. Sometimes it can be of almost like a pornographical nature. Mm. Like you've seen that issue for people like grow up, you consume pornography and you think that this is what I deserve. Mm. Why? Mm. Why do you feel like you deserve this thing? Mm. What do you have to offer? And so you see, these aren't looking at me. And so now you want to have this thing that will almost mollify and make it feel good. And you can blame everybody else mm. apart from, apart from yourself. And that's what it does. It gets that insecurity. You'd be like, as opposed to doing the hard work, which is introspection and being like, okay, what's up with my character? Am I entitled this way? What work can I do? It's more like, mm. it's because of you guys. The world is wrong. Mm. And I just so happen to be a victim of the world at large. Yeah. And here are these guys telling you this kind of thing. Mm. When you listen to the characters, and obviously we're having a good chuckle about the Bugatti stuff. <laughs> you listen to what he says. And I told him this. He was like, some stuff you said is right. Mm. And I told him, even a broken clock is right twice a day. Mm. In terms of, somebody will say some things and mm. be like, okay, that makes sense. But mm. if you hear the broadness of the message, what is he encouraging men to do is to become terrible people. Mm. It's to be like, if you have money, power, and influence, it gives you the right to treat people any way that you want to. And your justification is circular because you say, because I have money, power, and influence. Mm. And there'll be those women who, they like that kind of lifestyle. Mm. It can be like, if I give you this, it can be transactional. But that's not the case for the majority of people. Mm. It's just the, the majority of people who we see or the content that you consume. Mm. So who are the loudest voices? Mm. They don't have to be right. Or they're the loudest. Yeah. And so they're going to have the most reach. But the majority of people aren't like that. But it's tough for like young men, right? Because I mm. feel like the problem is we don't see examples of success running parallel to vulnerability, uh, empathy, etc. So now I feel like when these young May guys... Like, examples. Mr. Yeah. LeBron James. Where's the yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> Mr. Jay-Z. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, if yeah. it's LeBron, I'll always agree, man. Yeah, no, so I feel like the young guys, they don't really have sort of that example. So when, they, when they're still equating what the success can look like, they're going to look at that guy and say, okay, he acts like this. Okay, he has these, this is his messaging, but he also has everything I want. So like, it's hard for them to say that I can get everything I want without being like this guy. Then on the flip side, when we're talking about ladies, I think as well, the guys have got this sort of pressure because the ladies are also trying to evolve with existing with us and having vulnerable men as attractive figures, as people that they actually want to like be with. Because a lot of the time, those guys don't equate to success as well. So I feel like there's this weird juggling thing that's happening where everyone's trying to evolve and then create a new society where you could still be successful, still have all of these uh, attributes, but then also be a leader. So I think we're in that weird place where there's just two extremes, like you've mentioned. There's two extremes where, okay, highly, high, highly viral content, highly toxic content, but it's everything I want. And then on the other side, you're seeing the vulnerable guys crying, but it's like, but okay, but they don't, they don't have what this guy's, this guy has as well. But I think there's a lot of guys that are just living normal lives and trying to figure it out. But then they're again in the same society that the ladies are sort of, um, that the ladies are looking at their partners. And then even when you find like a young guy that's sort of trying to figure it out in, in the middle, right? His lady, a lot of the time, we talk about the pain in, in society now. And this is what, one of the conversations we had about, you know, back early in your first dating, your, your dating pool, where you're trying to be a nice, normal guy, but you can only go sort of so far. Then a lady that you're with chooses somebody else that is part of that highly viral stuff. And then this guy turns into the other guy because he's seen that he gets the lady at the end of the day. So I think we're just in this weird juggling place. And I think it's very confusing for the guys. I love 
Mm. I love what you were saying in terms mm. of we are evolving mm. and it's growing pains. Mm. Like it's tough. Mm. The roles used to be more defined. Mm. They could be problematic, mm. but there was a definition. Yeah. yeah. And now it's bleeding into things where it's not so clear. Exactly. And like guys are like, okay, so what does it mean for me to be a man? If mm. it's not this this fixed point thing, mm. what is it? And it's hard because mm. some women aren't compatible with that. Mm. It'll be like, I want, and if you ask them, they don't define it. You just kind of live that way. Mm. But I said, about their actual definition, mm. and they might have some word salad. So mm. what are you actually asking for? Mm. If you can't define what you're looking for, then someone's never going to be enough for you yeah. because it can just keep shifting. Yeah. So I'm standing on sand and I don't know what to do mm. when it comes to these guys. And I love the way you said they have everything you want. Mm. When you don't have something that hold the grass is greener thing, mm. it is true because even when you get money, success and everything, and it comes gradually, mm. the holes that you have, mm. they're still there. Exactly. It yeah. just looks really, really good. Mm. So people will look at you and be like, I covered that, but it feels empty. As mm. people, we get used to things really, really quickly. Mm. Like we were saying, and we were talking um, off camera about your problems evolve with you. Mm. So your problems don't stay here mm. and then you go there. Mm. They up and you know, if you're getting stronger, your problems become stronger yeah, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You're not gonna, you're gonna have more money, be like, I have more bills to pay. Back when I was, yeah, back when mm. you had less, mm. you concerned yourself with less mm. and there was less you were involved with. Mm. Everything grows. Mm. And that's why you find so many people who have the perfect lifestyle. Mm. You look at them and they're fundamentally miserable. Yeah. It's like, why are you miserable? Because the mm. things that you focused on, which you can get, good job you know nice nice car nice house you can get those mm. but you'll be sitting inside and someone's like i'd rather i guess cry inside of bugatti yeah you can be sitting inside these nice trappings mm. and still feel emptiness Empty. mm. so mm. the whole thing for the old adage money doesn't buy happiness comfort comfort is amazing money mm. is nice guys <laughs> it's it's lovely but if you miss those fundamentals by the time you get it you're not gonna enjoy it it's mm. like okay you're rich what do you do for fun? Mm. What do you enjoy? Mm. How do you see yourself? Mm. Do you actually love yourself? Mm. If the answer to these is no, you can stack all, all the, the paper stacks. in the world mm. and there's still going to be this hollow thing. Mm. And so it's about both. Mm. You want to have good job, you know, good life and all this kind of thing, but don't neglect yourself to the point where you think this is the only thing that is going to bring me happiness. Mm. I think that's where so many people lose it. Mm. There also comes a point when like money, it's just duplicating, like your lifestyle doesn't mm. really change that much. Mm. And it's almost just to be impressive to other men. Mm. So there's these guys who are online who are saying, mm. I have all this st kind of stuff. Mm. Who are the most impressed by it? Man. It's mm. dudes. Mm. Yeah. It's like, oh man, that's really, really awesome. Yeah. Be like, now this person who's like, you know, has adoration for you. What's he going to do for your quality of life? Yeah. It's just some guy over there who's, mm. you know, it's mm. just a peanut gallery. Yeah. It doesn't change yeah. anything, but mm. you're doing this mm. for them. What yeah. about the people who are actually in, in proximity? Life, yeah. What about your family? What about your friends? What mm. about your partner? Yeah. What about them? Yeah. That's where it should matter. It mm. needs to start inwards first. Mm. But we fall in love with like the numbers. Like it feels great. This many million people care about me. Mm. It's like, I'd say that loosely. Yeah. But you don't actually get to like, it's a number that you see, mm. but that's not what's going to affect the day to day. Mm. And I think like you were saying with the young guys, they need guidance. Mm. I was lucky in terms of role models. And I say lucky because mm. it didn't have to be that way. Yeah. And I embrace it. And I learned more and more in terms of, I had proximity to people who, wanted the best for me mm. and there's disagreements we had mm. but also i had to have the ability to disagree mm. so you can blame the content we consume mm. but there also has to be a point when somebody goes what changes can i make for myself because mm. everything i was told i didn't have to agree with yeah. and there's some stuff when i was like but actually this doesn't feel like something that agrees with me mm. you must disagree it can be painful it can be awkward 
But if you're just going to go with things because somebody who has nice stuff says it, mm. be yeah. rich. Mm. So there has to be a point when, even when you're young, mm. be like, what about you? What do you think? Whatever he says, mm. it's not, it's not enough. Mm. It's a mixture mm. of, I guess, what you're given, mm. but also you as an individual, like mm. when you were making your smart decisions mm. and you're looking at it like, this is a bad idea. Yeah. You felt it was a bad idea. Mm. Your behavior was molded by that feeling that you had. Mm. So you went a different way. Yeah. Things have happened with you where you were like, I could have reacted differently. Yeah. Mm. You had to choose that. You could have not. You could have just gone straight and then blamed and said, you know, in society today, there's no real role models. This is why I am who I am. But mm. we all have the ability to make these kind of decisions. Mm. And it's just, and it starts small. Mm. You don't change your whole existence in like a day, mm. but you have to start questioning. Even if they're saying it, does that apply to me? Is it right? Is mm. it good? Am mm. I comfortable with this? Yeah. Not just accept it because it's being said. Mm. Many people, sounds like they don't have an original thought in their heads. Yeah, It's just an echo chamber. You guys would know. There's things you hear. It's like, that's like a verbatim want. Yeah. It's like, what do you actually think? Well, it must be. It doesn't have to be. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Thanks so much, guys, for getting into, you know, how we should look at the content that we're consuming and ask ourselves the question is, which is, is this content that I'm consuming commensurate with my life experience? And does it add value to me based on the value system that I've developed for myself? And I do understand that there are some young, impressionable young men who are going through like the injustices of what it actually means to be a man. Um, but we have to look at the content that we're creating and the content that we're consuming and saying, how do we add value? And whereas um, we're in this situation where we, we are telling ourselves, Listen, uh, you're not, as men, we're being told by society, you're not who you are, you are who you, what you have, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people are going like, I have a Bugatti, I have this, I'm in trips in Dubai, my girls get this, and there's a, and there's a cohort of people who actually lean into that, mm -hmm. especially, mm -hmm. and you can, you, you, these are attractive, you know, let's say women and, and mm -hmm. men who actually mm -hmm. lean into that like narrative mm -hmm. and have glamorized luxury mm -hmm. to the point that they want it easy rather mm. than the hard work, the mm. sit down every day, build a business, mm. have that business touch people's lives and then mm. experience wealth and value mm. from what you have built for yourself, right? Yeah. There's no, there's not enough content online tell, talking to you about the process mm. and the addiction to the process to mm. before you get to wealth. Mm. And I think that's something that you have to be conscious about as a guy. And no one's gonna pick which pages to follow for you. It's up to you to sit down and go, listen, um, I'm not buying into this whole microwave success narrative that everyone's buying into. Mm. I'm not going to allow pornography to determine what my tastes are in women because mm. that's also something that's very clear. It's very from what you Yeah, like a yeah. lot of us men want the chicks with the biggest everything. Why? Mm. It's because you know this. You grew up writing big, 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 mm. and mm. now in life you want big, big, big. Mm. But that person who has big, big, big has also been told because you have big, 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 you can have success mm. in a quick way. Mm. When others are saying slim African eh, in some mm. other countries. And mm. so people are flying to Dubai to fulfill that demand that's really been created by mm. pornography. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, like all these kind of indirect relationships are what are channeling men's lives. And that's why there's so much discomfort yeah. around the male experience. 100%. Um, yeah. So yeah, just to summarize kind of what you said and kind of my understanding of that. But I have a question that I just want to take you input um i mm. really really want your input on and this is the question of practicing healthy mental health habits mm. um as men i feel like we haven't sat down and asked ourselves and interrogated the question of what does um what what do 
healthy mental health um, practices look like for men? And how can we incorporate these practices into our lives to kind of be yeah. more abundant and be more stable? Mm. Okay. I think that I've, um, I'm learning the relationship between the physical and the mental. So I have a mental job. And there was time, I think before the pandemic, when I was so into my work and I was thinking, but I'm helping people, I'm helping oh. people. Oh. But I was neglecting my physical completely. And I tell myself, I'm too busy to do that because I'm too busy yep. helping. Oh. Yeah. And it wasn't good and I didn't feel nice. Mm. And I thought to myself, but I'm doing such a good thing. And it's like, mm. but there's a whole part of yourself. You only have one body. That's what takes you through your whole life. Mm. And I was like, but I feel bad um, physically, but mentally like, yeah, you know, I'm doing all this kind of stuff. Mm. And I had to take a step back and be like, it's not good enough. There has to be a balance between the two. Healthy mind, healthy body, you know, and vice versa. Mm. And so I got back into exercise or something to... I heard somewhere like if you have a mental job, you should have physical activity. If you do a physical job, you're not going to, for example, if you work in construction, then I tell you, okay, go lift weights after work. It's like, but mm. I've been doing, using my body all day. Oh. You want to engage your mind in some way. So you need to find that balance and you need the two. What it is, you have to find what you like and it has to be something that you'll do consistently. Mm. So people always ask, you like the gym? Yes, personally, I like doing it. You can go for walks, you can run, you can swim. I think we neglect the physical so much and we almost minimize what it does. Even if you're doing all the right mental health practices, mm. even if you meditate, even if you journal, even if you go for your sessions, if the vessel through which you live your life is not doing well, your life experience is not going to be as good, mm. period. It just mm. doesn't work. There's many times you'd be like, but I should be happy. Mm. Why aren't you? And like you were saying, it's hard work. Like it's something that you have to consistently do. And so mm. for... People I see in practice, men and women alike, it'll be like, things aren't going well. What does your routine look like? Things like bad sleeping habits. You can be mm. talking about, do all the right things. If you have a bad night's sleep, what does your day look like? Yeah. You're struggling. You're grasping at straws. You can't focus. Mm. The physical determines your life experience. Mm. Just like with the mental. I can't be optimal like if I'm tired, for example. I have all the knowledge, mm. but I can't be effective if I don't know these things. Mm. You talked before about putting yourself first. Mm. It's not selfish. People will be like, how can you choose yourself? Mm. You need to be able to ask realistically, what am I not doing? Mm. How do I begin to do it? And it's not about perfection immediately. I think where a lot of us like stumble is think, if I'm not doing something, I have to be amazing at it immediately. It's about starting slow and be willing to be bad at something before you get good. Yeah. And that doesn't feel nice. Mm. To be like, I love, if I avoid this thing wholesale, I can't be bad at it because I'm not doing it. Mm. It's in the starting and the trying. It's like, when, it's like when you go to therapy and you'll be like, I don't have any issues if you avoid therapy, but in going, you realize if the person you're seeing is doing, is, is doing it correctly, there's challenges. Mm -hmm. There'll be things that you're gonna have to change, things that you're gonna have to do. But that's where the progress comes from. With our mental health as well, mm -hmm. you have to be able to acknowledge, what am I lacking? If somebody told you or you realized, and then you pick the habits which work for you and that you can do consistently. So why I wasn't talking about specific things like do one, two, three, four, is because my one through five might be different from yours, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't work because it has to be tailor-made for you. Okay. And if you are doing it, that's all that matters. Because yeah. consistency, people will be like, how do you get this consistency? Be like, oh, that's boring. Like that's where results come yeah. from. If it's your platform, yeah. anything that you do, you have to do it more often than not. Mm. And it doesn't mean I missed the day, I'm terrible. 
even if you miss some the next day try to get back to it and consistency is the thing that makes all the difference in the world yeah. and so when i have sessions when i talk to people in general we can talk and decide what it is that you want to do once we have decided that is what you are going to keep doing because that's the only way you're going to see a result men men and and that relationship with therapy you know going and physical and the mental having that link what i think there's a lot of men that are in pain that's why they go to even these extreme places of content and they come here or sometimes they don't, they don't go anywhere at all right um, i mean i've recently gone back to therapy i've just started but i think there's a lot of guys that okay they don't know if this is the moment in my life that i should start seeing someone and sometimes they don't even know where the starting point is they're like okay i'm going through this i don't know i can't talk to my boys i can't express myself to a lady um and i don't know how to access those kind of services especially like let's talk about the kenyan context for, mm-hmm. for now what's when should a man realize okay this has got to this point i need to go to therapy is it always when there's something wrong or can it just be i feel like i just need to unload and express like what's that entry point for men getting to therapy because i think a lot of guys don't know like what to do i think the beauty of it is anytime yeah um sometimes you look at it as i have to go and things are bad right but that's looking at it the wrong way mm. so you want to wait until like it's like the check engine light is showing mm. and you're on your last legs okay now mm. i need some help exactly and you go like patched up a bit then you say okay now i'm fine mm. even if things are okay still go because a lot of it is having a conversation mm. and they can just be putting things into perspective mm. or just like airing out things which you haven't before that doesn't have to be a crisis and i mm. think with a lot of um therapy in media for example mm. i remember growing up and seeing people like on the couches like you know like the sigmund freud stuff yeah. where like you're kind of like lying down yeah. and someone's just like behind your head just like making those notes mm. that's that free association which i don't do but it's one way to do things mm. but it gets depicted that way so much because mm. where do you mostly see therapy therapy is a private thing yeah, yeah. you're not going to watch somebody else's session mm. so for me even before i went into it it was in media It's like what does therapy look like? Yeah. It's what they show mm. us. Mm. But it often I've seen better depictions now, but it often doesn't look that way and people because mm. they don't know what it is or they have their mm. assumptions they can like build a mountain and get scared. Mm. Like I'm going to go into this place and it's not going to be good. Mm. What can they expect? If they go? The first thing is you need somebody who you're compatible with. Mm. Um not every therapist is the right one for you. Right. So yeah. if you if you go in somewhere and let's say you feel like it's not working, that could be you need to see somebody else. Mm. You don't have to stick with the person who you first have. Mm. The tricky thing is now that doesn't mean you go from person to person saying nobody nobody understands me. Mm, that's your work. Yeah. But it's important to have somebody who is going to do right by you. Mm. Some people are more comfortable with men, some with women. Go with your comfort. Mm. The reasons maybe you're just more comfortable talking to a woman. Good. Mm. Do that. but then be willing to engage in the therapeutic process and your comfort is also important you're paying for a service mm. there should be progress mm. not mm. the microwave type mm. but you should be going somewhere it doesn't always look like what you think it's going to look like mm. but if you genuinely feel like this thing isn't for me you might want to ask should i look for somebody else yeah. or you can ask them and a good therapist will be like i can refer you because even me If it doesn't work, I'm more than happy to be like I have some colleagues you could also see. Mm. This journey is about you. Mm. It's not about me as a therapist being like I'm not good enough. It's about who do you feel most comfortable with? Mm. That is the person you should talk to because it's about vulnerability. Mm. In sessions, people tell you things they've never told anybody. Mm. And you need to be able to give them that grace in the space to say that and still be okay. Yeah. And even if they need some time, silence is your friend. Let that happen. 
But so to go back to the question you were saying about mm. when to start, there's no set time. If you feel okay today, you mm. can go. If mm. you feel not so good, you can also go. Mm. A thing we do is we tend to put it with crisis. Yeah. But we are saying consistency is key. So therapy is about the consistency. Mm. The sessions you'll go for, like, I feel great this week, mm. still go. Mm. And then you're building on something. And obviously, the better things are becoming, you don't go as frequently. Mm. In terms of, it becomes like maintenance. Yeah. Like I need to go see my person, talk to them mm. and all that kind of thing. Mm. But there's no set point. Obviously, mm. if things are dire and hard, reach out to somebody. Mm. But even if you feel like I'm doing pretty all right, mm. still do it because yeah. all right can become better. Mm. Or there might be these things which you think it's not that big of a deal, which can relate to something which you didn't even realize. Mm. That's, what it's, that's what it's for. So it's a lot broader than mm. people make it seem. Mm. Yes, it can be used for crisis management, mm. but not always. Yeah. Wow. I, I wanted to touch on something that, so one of the reasons why I kind of had challenges with therapy when I was younger was the costing. Because mm. I remember like past session, I used mm. to have to pay something and it looked affordable at that time. Um, I mean, it looked expensive at that time, but obviously the more you work on yourself, the more you kind of attract more income. But I just wanted to kind of touch on that, the relationship between the cost of therapy and being consistent in mm. your sessions, right? I don't want us to sound tone deaf. Mm. Um, because we are in Africa and the economy is kind of difficult. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Are there options for guys who might not be able to afford the consistent yeah. um, service? There are, but also what's consistency? Let's say you can afford to go once a month. Go once a month. I know when you say consistent, you might think weekly. Mm. Not everybody can afford that. And I often tell people, what can you manage? They'll be like, what? I'll be like, if we agree on once every three, I'm going to see you once every three. Mm. I'm not going to hold you to once a week. And then you're so stressed mm. about the session and the financial implications that I'm adding a burden to you. Yeah. And so there's people have varying price points. I know there's websites like um, Mental360. Mm. I know there's like Befrienderskenya.org as well. I know they have a suicide helpline. Mm. There's options. Mm. And obviously it's growing. So it's not um, the most exemplary thing, mm. but it's not that there's places that people cannot go. And I've seen these people and talked with them and they're really people who are trying to take you to the next level for exactly what you were saying. I want to be able to help as many people as I possibly can. And they're making huge strides. And now because we're always online. Mm. So it's like, where can I find them? Almost everybody has a phone nowadays. Yeah. You can jump on the internet and look for these kind of things. You Google or on Instagram or social media and they're there. And that's the entry point. And so for some, I know it, I know it is difficult, but for a lot of people, there's that sense of it's another reason to add as to not to start the thing. Right. But consistency for yeah. you doesn't have to be weekly. Yeah. If you go once, you do what you can manage. Yeah. And that's better than not doing it at all. Yeah. And the therapist will understand yeah. because you're not trying to twist somebody's arm yeah. and be like, you have to be here all this time if you can't manage it. Because yeah. that's not, it's not fair to the person. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I'm curious, like just as you as an individual, right? Being a, a therapist and then sort of having friends. Because I think a lot of the time, the guys that maybe use the excuse of money, et cetera, will try to maybe talk to a friend in their group that they think is maybe more self-aware. How is that relationship between trying to use your friend as a form of therapy? Because they're not qualified, but you might be getting advice and time that you think, oh, I talked to my friend instead of a therapist. How's that relationship with like your personal circles and what you see with other people maybe in your profession and other guys? I have a really, (laughs) for me personally, Mm. it was a big, with boundaries, I had to be very strong on that. Mm. I don't need any tools to work. So mm. you can call me on the phone mm. and now we're chatting and I'm like, uh-uh, this mm. is not our normal conversation. Yeah, yeah. But so you had, when I was going into the work, there's people who would think, mm. one, the question of, oh, you're my friend, mm. you can be my therapist. No, yeah. that's unethical. 
yeah. but to people who want to use you for that. Uh, and yeah. I use the word use deliberately mm -hmm. because if I'm telling you as my friend, this is my profession, Eli, mm. this is what I do for a living. And you're like, all right, bet. So let me call you for 45 odd minutes and mm. talk to you about all these. It's not mm. fair. Mm. And so for me, I have no issues giving advice to friends mm. at all. Mm. But giving advice is different from being in a therapy session. Because mm. now, for example, my personal opinions, there's things that you change mm. and we can always talk, but respect my boundaries if I'm able to. Mm. Sometimes I'm not able to. You'd be like, mm. I want to talk to you about something. I can't today. I might mm. be tired. I might be mentally beat. I might be mm. spent. Mm. I respect my friends and we have a relationship where they respect my boundaries as well. Mm. But I've seen... Many times people using that strong friend or the yeah. empathetic friend mm. to kind of dump all your issues and there's no reciprocity. Yeah. So I put it all on your shoulders and I'm like, whoo, I feel great. And it's on a two-way street. Yeah. So you leave them with all these heavy things and you mm. think that's therapy. It isn't. But mm. it's unfair to that person because what mm. one must they do with all that baggage? Mm. And so I think for me as becoming a therapist in my friend groups, mm. those discussions I had to have in terms of... Mm. The request would come and I'd be like, I can't do that. Mm. But like, what? But you're, and I'm like, but this is becoming my livelihood. Yeah. I need you to respect that from now mm. into perpetuity. Mm. No matter what it is or how big I might become in the future, mm. my mm. boundaries have to remain my boundaries. Mm. And as my friend, mm. you need to respect that. Mm. And so people who we talk, they'll be like, mm. I, hope, I hope it's not too much. I'm like, no, it mm. isn't. Thank you for asking. Yeah. Thank you for being considerate of the fact that yeah. I can do my job anyway, yeah. which can be a blessing and a curse. Because mm -hmm. some people will want to, they'll dive into such hectic things so immediately. Oh my yeah. gosh. And you can yeah. be like, hey, mm -hmm. I can't talk to you about this. It, it, but aren't you? I'm like, yeah. no, I understand. Yeah. But I won't because I think you're missing something. It's yeah. not a free it's service, service just yeah. because I can do it. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's the same way with lawyers also. We go through <laughs> the same thing. People who sell advice for a living. Mm. You, you obviously will have that uh, wakili, a quick question, lawyer, a quick question, and mm. just translate for our English-speaking audience. But like, I'm, I am, I am in awe a bit of kind of the depth with which you kind of attack issues. Have you opened your own practice, and is there a way we can access kind mm. of how do people access your services? Because I really want members of our audience to kind of be able to access you, Aldo, because mm. you've been such a resource for us. Yeah. Um, and you've added so much value in this conversation that we've had. Um, it's really, really important that you plug yourself and, and mm -hmm. you say, this is how you can get me. This is how I operate. Mm -hmm. Is this where yeah. I look directly into the camera? Yeah, no, yeah. Just, camera three. Yeah, yeah, camera three, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so for me, um, a lot of people reach out through Instagram. I think it's actually been really fantastic in terms of they can see the content and just be like, hey, can I have sessions? Mm -hmm. So on Instagram, it's Aldo Alwachalunya. Mm. It's the at is abominable from man, but it tends nice. to be easier just to type in Aldo Alwachalunya. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It tends to be easier for people. Yeah. That's the best way to reach me. I do have um, I do have a practice. I do online sessions. Um, I have an office in Upper Hill, but through my Instagram uh, profile, that's the easiest way to access me. And then we can see what works best, especially mm. when it comes to people who are abroad. Mm. It can be easier. The pandemic as well, when it came to online stuff, I used mm. to be like, I can't do therapy online. Mm. It's not personal enough. It's been an amazing resource. Mm. So for me, that's the that's the easiest way to access me. Mm. And for these guys, it was an it was an honor. Mm. Like um, mm. Oscar reached out and I was like, oh man, seriously? Yeah. I was like, wow, would you look at this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm making a little bit of a difference. <laughs> no, listen, um, we 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 bumped into you um, during the an NSK event, um, and. I unfortunately didn't come in time enough to experience kind of your insights. 
but your impact spoke for you. And mm. Eli and I pulled you aside quickly so that we can kind of hear your voice and kind of mm. hear what you're actually about. Mm. So it's been a it's been a huge honor. And mm. I'll just ask one last question in closing. What is one film, one piece of content, one piece of literature that has inspired you to the man who you are today and has kind of set you on the path towards your destiny of like changing lives? One film, one piece of content that's inspired me mm. to be the man that I am today. Mm. Ooh. There's a book called, um, uh, it's really good, uh, Leadership and Self-Deception. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so strangely enough, like uh, my dad gave it to me. I was going through difficult times and he was like, hey man, just, he had a copy himself. He's like, I'm gonna get you one. Mm. And reading through this thing, it, you know, like when you're reading the book and your eyes like really open though, you're like, mm. this is, it's really helped me in terms of perspective. And there's many things I did know, mm. but there's things that I didn't. And it showed me, a new way to approach things that it helped with, you know, the nuance we are talking about or yeah. taking a beat or helping with anger. And that reading it helped me a great deal. I was in a difficult situation at the time mm. and it gave me the tools. And I was like, man, I have tools, mm. more tools in order to help me get out of it. And I think I've gone through it a few times and it's such a crucial book for me. So that's, mm. that one made a huge difference. Mm. Just quickly, I know that was meant to be the final question in terms of content, right? And the book you just mentioned, and we mentioned about online and the kind of platform we are. I think as much as there's positive, there's also like this sort of fake wokeness advice mm. and therapists online. So I just want quickly, just because I know guys can make the mistake. How does someone decipher when someone like a therapist or someone giving advice online is accurate? Because that can obviously lead to tragic events if you're taking advice from somebody that's not qualified or you're just doing it for the sake of you're seeing the numbers and I want to keep watching this person. How do you decipher what's going to add some like tangible value and what's going to cause more harm online? You have to expose yourself to more of it because mm. exactly to find a good thing, you have to sift through. Mm. You have to see, I'd say watch more people because mm. I watch a bunch of people and some there's things you agree with, some you disagree. Mm. But when whatever you watch, even if you heard good things or you like the person, be discerning. So mm. don't give them a pass just because, or mm. you might look like them, or they come from, or they mm. look nice or sound like the way you sound. Mm. Be discerning in what you consume mm. and generally ask these questions. And then I guess it's just like doing any kind of research. Mm. See if these kind of things are corroborated. Mm. But the thing that I do, I like to think that I offer good insight, mm. but it's not like you can't find people who don't agree with my ideas. Mm. And I like to feel it's not reinventing the wheel. Mm. You just want people to get the information that they can use to better themselves mm. and from things that I've heard mm. and then you pass them along. So I think it's about being discerning with any content. You have mm. to consume more of it to be able to mm. see yeah. what the good and the bad looks like. Mm. You have mm. to like uh, be, yeah, you have to be wider with your consumption. I think that's what's helped me because there's many pages with, which I've seen and I'm like, that is not, yeah. that doesn't sit well with me, mm. but mm. I know this because mm. I know what does. Yeah. And I know what they're doing and I know right. why it works. Yeah. And yeah. which is why I told myself I can never be that kind of person because mm. it's easy to be deceptive. Yeah. It's very, yeah. very easy. But I mm. think that it's something you should strive not to do. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Amazing. So guys, hopefully this is discerning content that you can like take in in a positive way. Um, I think the conversation has been outstanding, man. I'm really, really glad uh, that you've come on. And you know, you said it was NSK when we first met him. Do you know the first year we're doing Man Talk, we did a live with Aldo. Remember yeah. all those years ago. Yeah. So it's been a really nice sort of full circle seeing you grow, seeing you do more public speaking. So thank you for giving us uh, your time online uh, on the on the pod. Um, so I'm hoping that you guys check the links below to his pages 
um, also the location as 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 normal. But um, we'll see you next week. I hope you enjoy uh, this podcast half as much as we enjoyed making it. Why is that awesome? Yeah, because we had a ball, baby. There we go. There we <laughs> go. Cheers, guys. Like, share, subscribe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, yeah. thanks for having me, see you later. All right. Yeah. There you go.